Hello and welcome to this episode of the Beans and Barbells podcast. I'm your host, Rob Beanie. And today, in this episode, we are going to be talking about three things that you need to focus on in order to make sure that you see progress from your workouts. Now, obviously, this is a subject that we could go into forever. We could go into a lot of detail on this. There are probably multiple, multiple points, probably hundreds of points. And I'm sure that everyone has their own preferences, has their own things that they think are the most important. But this is my podcast and I'm going to be talking about um, what I think are some essentials, uh, some things that, especially if you are just getting started, are really important to know because if you focus on these, then they will drive your progression and they will make sure that you've got the basics nailed. But if you fail to focus on these and get lost in all of the shiny things, then you may find your progress stalling or not even happening at all, which is not what we look for when we, you know, put so much effort into our workouts, let's face it. So, number one is start with the thing that you want to improve the most first. This can also be starting with your biggest movement first, or starting with the thing that is more closely related to your goal first. Now, there's a couple of reasons why this is important. First of all, quite simply, is at the beginning of your workout, you're going to be the freshest, you're going to have the most energy, and so therefore you're going to be able to put more effort in to whatever is at the beginning of your workout. For example, if you want to get better at deadlifts, there's no point in putting the majority of your effort into some barbell curls to begin with and then putting the deadlifts in later on in your workout. And being able to put more effort into something will translate into higher numbers, um, more volume, higher weight, which will drive progression way more in the thing that you want to improve on. Another reason why this is beneficial is quite simply because the bigger movements are also where you'll see the biggest return in your investment. You know, the biggest bang for your buck, some may say. I tend to say it quite a lot. But um, it is a consistently held truth that the majority of your progress will come from the bigger movements, otherwise known as compound movements. So these are things like your deadlift, your bench press, your squat, your rows and chin-ups, things like that. And so it just makes sense to want to put more effort into those. It also helps if you're short on time because it means that you can get in, do the big movements and leave knowing that you've still had a really good workout and that you've probably done enough to see some sort of progression. And finally, one of the most important parts of training is a an idea or a principle called specificity. Now what this is, is basically if you want to get good at something, do it and do it a lot and also prioritize it. And in the context of strength training specifically, if we want to get good at deadlifting, then we have to deadlift. If we want to get better at squatting, then we should squat. And we should aim to do these not only as frequently as possible, as frequently as our recovery will allow, but also make sure that when we do, that they are the main focus of our training. Again, there is no point in starting your workout with some bicep curls and then some, you know, machine chest press or some lat pull downs if your main focus is getting stronger at the deadlift. 
So point number two, and this is another big one, progressive overload. Now what this is, is basically making sure that you increase the stress that you put on your body over the course of weeks, months, years, because this is what drives progress. Basically, when we train, we create a stimulus or we create a stressor. We then recover from that stress and our body's response is to grow back stronger or bigger, if that is our goal. And then what was initially challenging becomes a little bit easier. And in order to keep seeing progress, we need to keep nudging that challenge, that stress upwards. Now, there are many ways of doing this. One of the simplest ones is to just add weight to the bar or increase the dumbbells that you're using or the kettlebell, whatever your weapon of choice is. But there are also a few other ways as well. So for example, increasing the amount of reps that we do, but with the same weight. We can also add sets. We can add things like drop sets when you get a little bit more advanced and you need that extra stimulus as well. We can change the tempo of lifts. So for example, if you're doing a bench press, we can slow the eccentric portion, which is the lowering part of the, of the lift, and that makes it harder. We can add in pauses. So if you're squatting, when you get to the bottom, you can pause for a second. This makes the whole lift harder and actually increases the time under tension and the amount of time that it takes for us to do. We also take momentum out of it. We can also increase the amount of work that we do, but in the same amount of time. So for example, if you set a timer for 10 minutes and you've got a circuit of maybe bodyweight exercises or resistance exercises, then one week you might be able to do say 10 sets of each. And then the next week you aim for 11 sets of each exercise, but in that same time period. Again, there are many ways of increasing the amount of volume that we do or the amount of work that we do or increasing the stress that we put our body under. The important thing is that we continuously nudge that up at a sensible rate. And that's another important part of this as well, is that we're not looking for huge jumps, that when you first start out, what you'll find is you'll be able to make bigger jumps, especially if you are weight training, because it's such a novel stimulus to your body that the response is your body getting stronger, significantly stronger quite quickly which is one of the great things about being new to, to strength training in specific. But as you've been training for a while, then this will decrease. This might show up as one extra rep the next week, or even an increase of one kilogram on the bar can really add up. And this will be completely personal, and it will also depend on the exercise. So for example, it is much easier to make slightly bigger jumps on something like the deadlift or the squat, Whereas something like lateral raises or bicep curls where, you know, you've got a smaller muscle working, that may require you to take things a lot slower. But again, as long as there's some sort of progress over the course of weeks and months, then that will drive the progression that will enable you to get stronger or you to see changes in your physique. And just one last note on progressive overload. It is kind of a chicken and egg situation whereby the stimulus and recovery will drive you to get stronger, which will mean that you can increase the weight or increase the amount of volume that you do. But also you need to be aware of it and you need to force it to happen. 
So it is this kind of nice mix between you forcing progression, but also progression happening because of the recovery and because of the initial stimulus. And point number three, rest enough. This seems really simple, but it is so frequently missed out or devalued. And especially with people that are new to strength training, it's so easy to feel like more is better and more will drive progress quicker and you'll see results quicker. But what can actually happen is in our haste and in our excitement, we end up doing too much and we end up burning out. And this is because with most forms of exercise, especially if progression is our goal, and especially with strength training, progression is a balancing act between doing the work, creating the stimulus and the stress, but also recovering enough. And this is something that you will work out as you become more accustomed to exercising and finding out how your body feels. But it will also change as you go through your fitness journey. You know, at first you will probably need less recovery just simply because you are not lifting at the upper echelons of your your sort of strength ceiling. But when you start to really push yourself, then your need for recovery will definitely increase. The best way that this was described to me was if you think of a scab. Now, if you have an injury, your body will start to heal and it will create a scab. And the skin will heal back harder and stronger. But if you keep picking at that scab, then it will never have an opportunity to heal and it can get worse. Now, I'm fully aware that the analogy doesn't exactly line up, but I think that it gets across this point that when you work out, you, especially if you're doing resistance training and strength training, you are essentially creating micro tears in the muscle. And it's important that we let those heal enough that when we then stimulate the musculature again, or we tear down those fibers, they are in a place where they can heal again. We also need to give our central nervous system enough time to rest and recuperate. And I think this is something that isn't uh, appreciated, especially by people who are newer to strength training in specific, because you don't feel it as much, or you might not be in touch with your body enough to understand when your body is still recovering at a deeper level. And I don't mean that to sound slightly elitist, like, oh, you don't know about your central nervous system. <laughs> but it's an important point because we tend to look at recovery as to how our body feels on the surface level. So, for example, you know, how our muscles feel and whether they're sore or not. And it's easy for us to think that we are fully recovered just because we're not sore. When in actuality, our central nervous system still might be recovering. Now, don't get me wrong. This requires a lot of work and typically is something that you need to focus more on when, as I mentioned before, you start getting to a level where you are really pushing yourself in every session and when the overall workload in your week begins to accumulate, which actually leads me on to another important point about this. We tend to see our workouts in isolation. So for example, I worked out on Monday I'm recovered from that by Wednesday because I'm not sore. And then on Wednesday, we come at it afresh and we are 100% recovered and we do the workout on Wednesday and then that repeats on, you know, a day on, day off type thing. 
However, we also have to look at our volume and our stress over the course of a week or a month. What does that look like? Because this stuff accumulates, especially like I say, when it comes to your central nervous system. And this is why rest is so important because we're not just talking about, did I get any enough rest in between Monday and Wednesday? It's actually, am I getting enough rest overall in my week to recover from the volume that I'm putting it through and the stresses that I'm putting it through throughout that week or even that month? And especially when you've been training for a while, you start to accumulate fatigue over longer periods. Now this can be super useful because say, for example, in the context of powerlifting, you actually use this to your advantage where you accumulate fatigue and stress over the course of even months. And then what you do is you then take a lot of that volume away and your body almost rebounds, kind of like a rubber band effect because you're then doing very small amounts of volume and giving your body way more opportunity to recover and what happens is that it kind of overcompensates so you actually end up way stronger but that's for another podcast completely but hopefully that gets across to you the idea and the understanding that it's not just that workout that you do that isn't in isolation it's the workouts that you do that can accumulate in the context of a week or a month and that's why rest is so important because it helps us balance that volume and that stress but also rest is where the growth occurs rest is where we get stronger and our tissue rebuilds i think quite often we put so much emphasis on the workouts themselves and yet rest is just as an important part of the equation sometimes even more so and what's important for me to say here is that this is also in the context of a workout as well as your day-to-day life In a workout, you need to make sure that you are rested well enough between sets so that you can put a good amount of effort into the next one. If you under recover between sets, your next set is not going to be as good a quality and you're not gonna be able to lift as much for as many reps. And at the end of the day, volume is one of the key drivers of progress. So if by resting an extra minute or so, so two to three minutes, And research has shown that two to three minutes is where we recover the best, um, at least at least two to three minutes. If by resting a little bit more, we are then able to lift more weight in the next set or or do more reps and do it with better form, then that is going to drive our progression forward even more. Whereas if we'd only rested 30 seconds to one minute, then our performance in the next sets is going to be lower and so therefore we're not creating as much of a stimulus and we're not creating as much of a quality stimulus either we can also expand this out to include workout to workout rest so for example you don't want to be putting three workouts especially strength training excuse me strength training workouts next to each other because quite simply the first workout will start to affect the second and the third workouts. This is where strategically planning your workouts and balancing that volume throughout the week comes in useful. So for example, um, one of the classic workouts is push-pull legs. Now this works because if you do push on a Monday and then pull on a Tuesday, 
you are doing different exercises that use different muscle groups. So therefore, they're not going to negatively affect each other so much. However, if you're doing a full body workout and you try and do one on Monday and then one on Tuesday, then that's going to then negatively affect the second workout because you'll probably still be quite fried from the first workout and you won't be able to put as much energy or effort into that second workout. So we want to make sure that our workout to rest ratio throughout the week is sensibly balanced. And just one last important thing to really hammer this point home, because I think it's important to understand, is that you are not just recovering from your workouts, you are also recovering from anything else that you do in your life. And this particularly includes stress. And this is why you have to start getting good at being honest with yourself and also checking in with your body when it comes to, am I rested enough? Am I recovered enough? Because different people will have different recovery abilities based on their lifestyle and their genetics. For example, someone who works in a super high stress job will probably need more rest and recuperation than someone who doesn't. For someone who, you know, gets to rest quite a lot, maybe is able to lay in, gets a good amount of sleep and doesn't really have a particularly stressful life, then they may be able to recover quicker. And this also means that stress management and things like that are also really, really important when it comes to our recovery from our training. But that is a completely different subject and that is something that is probably way, way too in-depth for me to go into in this podcast. And I wanted to keep this to these three sort of concise points. And with that in mind, that's where I'm going to leave this one. I hope you found this super useful. If you keep these points in mind, then they really, really will help you see the progress that you want as they are the absolute essentials. So just to summarize, start with the thing that you want to improve the most first or your biggest movements first. Follow the principle of progressive overload. So always keep driving for progress, no matter how small and rest enough to recover from that training. Honestly, if you follow these points, then they will probably get you 80% of where you want to be. They are truly the bedrock of making progress with your training. So I'm going to wrap that up there. I hope you found it useful. As always, if you want to follow me on Instagram, or if you want to get in contact with me, then chuck me a message on Instagram. And that is at rob.fta. I currently have spots open for online coaching, one-to-one coaching more specifically. So if you're interested, then please feel free to throw me a message. Or if you just want to chat, I love talking about this stuff. I like nerding out about it. So yeah, if you have any questions, please feel free to fire them my way. But until next time, take care.